Good day, good day, and welcome to Your Voice, Your Power. I am Anika Wilson, and today I have with me a best-selling author, and she is going to, she's going to break down some walls today. She's going to talk about some things that make people uncomfortable, but in the world that we're living today, in, in the, the chaos and the, the Me Too and the Black Lives, this is the conversation that we're having. It's long overdue, and I'm ready to dive in. So I want to introduce to you all Genesis Amaris Kemp. Hey, Genesis. Hey, Anika. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day and busy schedule to tune in to hear what Anika and I have to say. I definitely think it's such an honor to be on her platform, and I'm glad that her and I could, you know, cross paths and really um, open, the, open with some wisdom nuggets and really share some more insights about my story and my book. And looking forward to hearing from you all as well, because I definitely feel we uh, feedback is a gift and we can definitely learn from one another and be better together. Absolutely. So I want you to tell listeners and viewers who you are. Who is Genesis? So I am a wife, a sister, a aunt, a firecracker to some, a woman that said enough was enough and I was not going to let people continue to place limitations on me. So many times we go through life with people asking, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? But they never ask, who do you want to be when you grow up? And I think my who is my brand and I'm always going to be the best version of myself because I like to tell people I'm an imperfect person trying to become a better version of myself daily and that definitely comes from growth it comes from practicing self-care it comes from educate education, constantly educating yourself on not just society, um, society, but educating yourself on your true values and your morals and not settling for less. And um, Genesis is also a person that's just happy-go-lucky. Like, I love having fun. I love going to the movies. I love traveling. I love spending time with my husband and just being that well-rounded family person. And I am that chocolate drop that is not afraid to get with you when I need to. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my gosh. And, and you're an author. But I want to, before we go there, I want to talk about the fact that you're a barrier breaker. You have broken barriers in your family. You've broken barriers in your community. And then you've broken barriers writing this amazing book. So tell us how or why you are that barrier breaker. I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, there's a lot of um, research out about, you know, the order of our birth and all these kind of things. So I want you to kind of give a little bit of background as to what made you this firecracker and this barrier breaker. So um, with me being Caribbean descent and my mother being so passive and timid, I just saw the way that people treated my mother. Some was just not um, right. And I just didn't like the way that people condition African-Americans to be that, oh, yes, man or yes, woman. And just because authority tells you to do something, whether that authority is your boss, your teacher or whatnot, 
why can't we question what authority says? Is what they're saying the golden rule or the golden ticket? Do we not have a mind for ourselves? So with me being this young person in my family and seeing a lot of the things that I have seen, I felt like I needed to change the narrative because even though, yes, my family paved the way for me, I did not want to go through the same things that my family had to endure. So I felt in order for me to rise up and shine, it was to take myself out of that box and be that, that mover and shaker be the barrier breaker and show other people in my family that's coming up behind me that you can do it too. Because if we always do what our ancestors did, then we're only just repeating history. We're not doing anything to change it. Absolutely. And you know, there's a lot of people afraid to do that. You know, there's so many people that have the desire, but they don't have the courage. So what would your advice be to somebody who wants to be a barrier breaker, but just doesn't know where to start? Find out who you are. So like I told people a long time ago, when I uh, faced bullying in high school about 11 years ago, I fell in love with someone very important. And people say, who'd you fall in love with? And I said, I fell in love with me. Like I had to start loving me and start seeing myself in the lens of who I wanted to be and not in the lens of what other people um, saw me as. And a lot of um, prayer was spent during that time of darkness. And I felt like if I hadn't gone through the darkness, I wouldn't know where I am. So like for people who are wanting to break barriers, write down your strengths, like write down the things that you are good at, write down what your morals are, what your values are, and start to play towards your strength. And if you want to be a speaker, start speaking at smaller, small events up until you could get to those big events, those big platforms. If you want to be a writer, start with either writing a page a day or writing a chapter a day. If you want to be a professional athlete, you have to put in the grunt work. You have to practice, do those layups, do those drills, get in the gym, eat right, you know, train, recondition your mind. And a lot of times, like in order to be a barrier breaker, it starts with your mind. Mindset is everything. What you put in your mind and how you um, start to see yourself becomes what you manifest. So if you keep saying, okay, I'm not good at this, I'm not good at it, you are, there's power in releasing your words. So whatever you release out of your mouth, you are going to start to follow suit. But if you start to train your mind, you, you retrain your mind, you speak out positive words, you reaffirm who you are, then you're going to start to live it and your actions are going to follow suit. So I would definitely tell people, change your mindset, get um, change your circle of friends, stop hanging out with people who aren't going anywhere in life, and you know it. Stop hanging out with people who are very negative and people who are always tit for tat, because those people are only going to bring you down, because people don't want you to outshine them, and it sucks, but if you're hanging out with those people, that's you know, that goes to show that person or that group of people aren't for you. So we each have a tribe. So figure out who your tribe is. We all need our A1s from day ones. And uh, just love yourself. Practice self-care. Uh, take some time out of your day every day to refuel, refocus, and realign. Refuel, refocus, and realign. 
I love it. I mean, everything that you're saying is what coaches all say. And I think that it, it, we have to pounce it, pounce it, pounce it, pounce it, pounce it into our own heads because we can teach it, but that doesn't mean that we do it so well because I'm horrible at it, but we're getting better. And so now I want to get to the chocolate drop in corporate America. Oh my gosh. Like even the name, <laughs> the name makes me think about like brown sugar, like, you know, it just, yeah. oh, it, it, it just, uh, it just speaks volumes. And so I want you to break down, first of all, the inspiration, what brought you to write a book? Cause it takes, you know, it takes courage. What, what, what even gave you the idea, the inspiration to write this book? So one day I was just so frustrated at work, like dealing with my supervisor, the Karens of the world. Um, she had told me, you aren't going to be promoted for another two years. Like you can't even compete in the M MPT bucket and MPT for y'all stands for managerial, professional and technical. But I was like, aren't I doing the role of the MPT right now? Am I not competing? I am managing the relationships with internal and exter external stakeholders. I travel on the company's dime um i also have a company credit card and if i truly was an admin then why am i doing all this thing so for the past seven years they were paying me as an administrative assistant what i started with as the company and it wasn't just until it wasn't until recently that i got um, promoted and i felt like my promotion only came due to the whole black lives matter movement and me and me being bold enough to speak up to the VP. So what really led me to writing that book was just hearing that you're not going to be promoted. You're not good enough. When I knew damn well I was doing the work and I was seeing, I was seeing results. My KPIs were good and my performance feedback from my knowledgeable others and people who provided input was good. So I just got so pissed and versus lashing out on the Karens of the world or the Beckys or the Susies, I just took my, I took my phone, I kid you not, and I wrote in my notes at Chocolate Drop in Corporate America. And little did I know that was going to be turned into a full-blown book. And how the book came about was I went to a church event at a local church here in Houston. Um, the event was called The League. So there was different women from different career fields from around the Houston area. And we got together. And one lady I met was the author. And she was just talking about her day, her schedule, how she wakes up at a certain time, how she goes to have coffee. She has time for her kids. And so she didn't have that restriction of that nine to five block or whatever. She was kind of free. I was like, oh my gosh, I want to own my time. I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. So I asked her for her number. I let some time go by because I didn't want to be a stalker or I, or I didn't want to be that creepy Hershey, Hershey kiss or anything. So a month or two went by and I felt like the Holy Spirit was like really working on me. I was like, hey, you should reach out to Tyra. You should reach out to Tyra. So I got on the phone and I had sent her a text. I was like, hey, do you want to meet me at Starbucks for some coffee? I'll treat you. 
And I kid you not, it was in that interaction with her that I literally felt like Jesus was saying, yeah, homegirl, I got you. And I felt, it was like literally the Mary and Elizabeth experience because when she talked to me and I showed her my writings, it was like my unborn baby leaped inside of me. And I was like, okay, there's confirmation that I need to write a book. Cause she's like, Hey, your writings are really good. Have you thought about writing the book? And I was like, no, this is like my private stuff. Like, you know, it's like to get my thoughts out of my head onto paper, but I was like, okay, Lord, if it's your will, let it be done. So then after that, she, um, it was like a week later, I kid you not. She says, hey, there's this competition. It's with my publisher. She's looking for new talent, new authors. Enter your submission. And it's due tonight by 1159. I was like, what? Tonight by 1159? I was like, what am I going to enter? So I kid you not, I took those few sentences that I had in my notes app, and I literally added maybe another paragraph or two and submitted it. I was like, God, if it's your will, be a dead. And that um, in January, I was in Florida because I had took about three weeks off of my job. And I kid you not, during that time, I was beating the pavement trying to find another job so I could t say, hey, peace in the Middle East. So I could leave. But I didn't, I didn't find another job while I was on vacation. But I found out that I was the winner of this new competition. I won first, first place. And part of it was that they were going to publish my book. But I didn't even have a book at that time. Because mind you, I only had three paragraphs. <laughs> so every day I came home from work and something happened. It was like just taking kerosene and adding it to the fire. I was like, okay, okay, I'm going to be riding. I got in my groove. I put my headphones on. And I was just taking the taking um, my fingers because I didn't even have a laptop. So my whole entire book was written on my smartphone. I kid you not, in a notes app. But my husband, this handsome guy right here, finally bought me a laptop, so I was able to trans transfer my book from a notes app to my laptop. So when I tell y'all the struggle is real, you can do anything you put your mind to. If I could write a book on my smartphone in a notes app, you're, you can achieve your wildest dreams. You just have to believe in yourself. I'm speechless. Like... No excuses. I mean, who can have an excuse behind that? And you know, it's so interesting because, and you're a faith-filled woman, you know, a lot of people hate their pain. A lot of people, you know, are like, why me? Why is this happening to me? But I tell everyone it's preparation. If you don't go through it, you can't teach it. If you don't go through it, you don't grow. And you know, all of our adversity leads to our, our, our purpose. It's, it's when you sit on it, it's when you sit still, it's when you dispel it, it's when you ignore it, it's when you don't address it. That's when it just eats you alive. And so I'm listening to you and it's so funny because you know you get those feelings in your gut, you get those, those, those intuitions and those, but also it's provision. God places the right people in your path when you have a mission to accomplish. And if you do not accept the help, if you do not take the opportunity to cash it in, that's on you. And mm -hmm. so I'm just listening to this and it's just so funny because everybody tells me, you need to write a book, Nikki. you need to write a book. And I'm like, whatever, 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 whatever. And I mean like 30 opportunities have come and I'm like, yeah, no, mm -mm. But it's so interesting because, you know, everybody has a different way of sharing with the world, of, of contributing. It's a contribution. 
you know, to the world and for those people that need that information that you have. And I listen to you and, you know, I'm, I'm older than you, but I'm like, man, if I was like you when I was your age, there's no telling where I would be. But, you know, we can't do that. We can't say it's too late. We can't say, you know, I wish, I wish. All we can do is take what we have and move forward with it. So I want you to break down what the book is about because I know, but the world doesn't know. So tell them what it's all about. So let me show a picture. So for you people watching, the book, again, is called Chocolate Drop in Corporate America, From the Pit to the Palace. Even though the title is controversial, you could see by the cover that I'm for everybody. Let me say that again. There are all people from different ethnicities on the cover of my book, as well as different industries, because I definitely want people to know that systemic issues and racism can happen outside of corporate America. It could happen in the financial um, arena. It could happen in the medical field. It could happen in the social work field. No matter what industry you are in, we have all been slighted and we have all felt like we were passed over for a job when we knew we were qualified. We were skipped over due to the color of our skin. We were pigeonholed because of jealousy or we had that woman boss who should have been there to compliment us, but she thought she we were her competition. We have seen where people think that you should do some strange things just to get ahead when you really don't need to do that. You just need to be true to yourself. So this book, I'm just going to read the cover, the back cover of it. And then I'm also going to tell you why I wrote the book and who the book is dedicated to, because I definitely don't want to give away all the nuggets, but just know that I am truly passionate about equality equity, inclusion, and diversity, and you need all four of those working together in order to change the narrative and in order to make true change. So I just definitely want to encourage you listeners that if you see something that's not right, speak up. If you're in a room where people are being unfair, call out the unconscious biases and you could do it respectfully. And then if you are going through a situation where you have been slighted, make sure you're taking notes because people always love to see, okay, do you have any documentation? Do you have any facts? So your facts are what's really gonna back you up. And then if you feel like that company is just not for you, it's okay to recognize when your season is up and jump ship but don't leave that ship until you have something else lined up. Just be mindful. So uh, the book, what challenges in the workplace have you encountered that left you feeling as if you were mistreated? Have you been there? Okay, have others who were unqualified seemingly passed you by in the ranks? Yep. In our daily lives, we are all faced with various trials, whether in the workforce or at home. However, when treated unfairly, it takes courage to stand and fight for what's right. No matter your race, nationality, ethnicity, or background, you can rise to be the game changer. When you use the power of your voice, you shake the atmosphere and cause a domino effect because others will choose to either follow suit or stand in solidarity. On the pages of Chocolate Drop in corporate America, Genesis, that's me (laughs) y'all, has chosen to speak up for not only minorities, but also anyone who has been slighted on the job in any way. From my, my personal testimony, you will learn how speaking up brought 
person brought awareness so that long lasting change could be made. We do not win by remaining silent, overlooking injustice, and continuing to practice poor judgment. We win by standing together, engaging in those difficult conversations and helping one another. Let's work together to create change for future generations to come. So by that powerful statement on the back of the book, I have seen so many times in a workplace where there's people that look like me and Anika who they should be coming together, but they can't even agree on certain commonalities. So then they become like a tiger versus a lion and we're, we're fighting for territory when if we were just to if we just would sit at the table together and analyze, okay, Anika, you have these strengths and Genesis has these strengths. Let's build a partnership where we could create an extraordinary experience. But no, we're always fighting against one another. And it doesn't just happen in the African-American race or the chocolate drops. It happens with women against women, men against men, because everyone is fighting for turf and fighting for territory. So. I felt like as a young person, earlier I said I was 29 years old, I figured, okay, someone helped me get to where I was, so why can't I reach my hand down to help bring someone else up who is struggling to find their place or who wants to have a seat at the table? What am I losing by helping someone else? If anything, I'm not losing anything. If anything, I'm gaining something something. I'm gaining that solidarity. I'm gaining uh, more insight. I'm gaining more education because I don't know. I don't know it all. And Genesis doesn't have it all together. But when I see that someone else has a much needed skill and I could help them out, I'm going to help them out. Because like I said, we are winning together. Another part of this book talks about my stories and the trials that I endured. And I think it was important because so many times we endure various things, but if we never share our stories, how is it going to help the next man or woman get out of bondage and be free mentally, physically, and emotionally? Because not everyone has the power to share their voice or they feel scared. But I wanna let people know, when you experience fear, take a deep breath, inhale and exhale, and think about what is fear? Fear to me is false evidence appearing real. Fear is something that can be changed. Fear is something that can be overcome. Fear is something that you don't have to live with. It's a condition and that condition is your mind. If you change your mind, you can change your outcome. You change your outcome, you can change your trajectory. You change your trajectory, you can change your, your economic status. You change your economic status, you can open a wealth of doors. Are, are you vibing with me? I'm, I'm vibing. I'm sitting here and I'm like, um, yeah, she needs to be on the stage. Uh-huh, go ahead. I'm listening. Preach. Um, so uh, when people ask me, why did you write the book? Why not? Because if I didn't write this book, I would be doing a disservice to myself as well as that next woman that was coming bus behind me, besides me, and that next 
young girl. I had to do it for all the chocolate drops that look like me to let women know that you are powerful. You aren't just here for your assets or how you look or whatever. You're not here to settle for what the white man or white woman says you are. We're no longer in slavery days. We're not in Django. Like Harriet, Harriet fought that battle for us. Martin Luther King went before us. Jesse Jackson tried to do what he did. And I said, so many people have paved the way for us. So why can't we pave the way for other people? And like I tell people, closed mouths don't get fed. If you have something that you think is valuable, speak up. If you don't have anything that's positive to say, then keep your mouth shut and let someone else can do it until you can get in the rightful place where you can be a valuable input to the conversation or you can help out. And uh, the dedication section of the book, this, okay, this part is fire. Like I am so passionate about the lupus movement and I ju I'm just really passionate about it because my little sister, if she was alive, she would be like my biggest cheerleader rooting for me. Like biologically, she was my cousin, but we were only three years apart. So we were raised as sisters and she passed away with lupus. So even though she's not here, I definitely wanted to give her her stars because I know she's smiling down, rooting for me. And if she was here, she would probably be tearing up someone's face <laughs> for me. <laughs> So to Vanessa, my spiritual angel, my ride or die, my bestie, my little sister, even though you aren't physically here, I know you are smiling down from heaven. Your legacy and impact will always live on. This is for you and future generations to come. So like I said, I'm passionate about the lupus movement. My sister, when she was alive, before she passed, she became the third face of lupus and she was fighting to have um, Lupus Awareness Month. So even though she lost her battle, she still made um, incredible accolades. And now when you go to YouTube, you see her video of Vanessa Clark and how she talks about her struggles with it. Um, Chocolate Drop in corporate America is also dedicated to every admin who was told they would never get out of the box. The one that the corporation places around you because they don't recognize your value and can't see past general administrative tasks. Admins, you are more than just an admin. Let me say it again. You are more than just an admin. Use your current situation to catapult you to your rightful platform. I was very adamant of giving kudos to all the admins out there because when I started with this company, I started at the bottom of the total pole. I was that administrative assistant, but I made it known to them, like, I'm not your wife at work. I'm not going to fetch you coffee. I'm not going to fetch you um, sandwiches because that becomes a personal assistant. I am an administrative assistant, which I am here to help out the team. And there's certain things that I'm going to do. And there's certain things I'm not going to do. And I had to put that up front just so people don't come at me cross or sideways because don't get it twisted for what the last woman did because I'm a new woman and you know she's gone and you have a new chief in town. Um, to every minority who has struggled to find their rightful place in corporate America as well as any industry, I dedicate this book to you as well. You're the ones who had to constantly fight for a seat at the table work twice as hard even to be seen and noticed and feel invaluable as if you were just a number to the corporation. Eventually, you find that one divine connection who can see your worth, 
Only then do you get a breakthrough. So for any minority, whether you're Asian, Hispanic, African-American, Middle Eastern, you, you are valuable. You're here for a purpose. You just need to recognize what that purpose is and run with it. And whenever I say you find that one divine connection, we have all had those um, saviors, those life rings, that person that comes along our side to help thresh us to the next level. So recognize who you have in your circle and don't take people for, um, for granted. To every business professional in all walks of life, you are not forgotten. Everyone has faced and endured various trials and tribulations that could be spoken about, some of which were unfair, while others you turn from a negative into a positive. You have been emboldened to launch out deep and walk into your destiny, purpose, and calling. To those who are willing to take off the blinders, do some self-reflection, and work on creating lasting change in the workforce. Know that if we do not speak up, stand up, call out unconscious biases, and work on changing the mindset of those ignorant individuals, then we are only regressing instead of moving forward in society. Let's all come together and work collaboratively to make lasting change. Those two sections are for my allies, because allyship is very important because we need people not to necessarily you know look like us to help us fight the battle but we need other people who don't look like us because 99% of the time people are going to resonate with someone that looks like them so those people who don't look like you are the ones that have the ears of the stakeholders they are the ones that are the CEOs they are the ones that are paving the way and trying to change the narrative so if you could get them on on your side and educate them on things that are happening in your workforce, in your community, and show them that there is more than what you just see on the media, then that could help us shift, shift the narrative too. Lastly, I dedicate this book to everyone who has a dream, not to let people or things keep you in bondage. Follow your heart, share your story, travel, and be the best version of yourself. Someone needs you to pass the baton, be their voice, narrate their story, or partner with them to create a revolution of opportunities. And one reason why I thought travel, uh, travel was so important to put that part in is because whenever you travel and you experience other cultures outside of where you are, it makes you more able to understand other cultures and understand where people are coming from. Because behavior is something that is learned and taught. And so if you keep hanging around with people that look like you, people who think the same way you think, are you really expanding your reach are you really making a difference? Are you really inclusive and diverse if your circle is so small and confined to a group of people that look like you? No, because you don't have another person that is giving you another viewpoint, another perspective, or opening your mind to other capabilities. So when you travel and you explore other parts of the world and other parts of the region, you are able to appreciate things that you take for granted in your own, in your own home front. You know, I have to um, co-sign your, your last statement because I live in Hawaii and I've experienced um, so many different perspectives. And, you know, what you see on TV and everything is never what, what some, a place is like. And you can't, you can't really learn and grow. I say that my journey as a military spouse has allowed me to mature in ways that I would have never matured. It's just like going away to college. I went away to college 
but it was different. When you, when you go somewhere as a family with children, you go across waters and you can't just drive across state lines to go home. You know, you have to embrace, you know, discomfort. You have to grow in different areas. So I'm just listening to you and I'm like, well, preach. Um, yep, mm-hmm, sure, sure, yep, mm-hmm, absolutely. There's nothing left to be said. I mean, you say, take notes, shake the atmosphere, write down your strengths, your morals, you know, recondition your mind, you know, travel, open your mind to new possibilities. Uh, yep, all of that. Mm -hmm. Everything she just said. I, I don't, I don't really have anything else, but I do want to ask you one thing, um, you know, in the world of inclusion and diversity, which is what I thought I was going to ask you to talk about. I think that a lot of people have a misperception over what Black Lives Matter and what everybody is fighting for. You said on the cover of your book that you have all industries, all ethnicities, male, female, other, all of that. Can you talk about the importance of understanding that when somebody is fighting for, even I saw somebody call you Black Girl Magic, it's not a discount to anything else. It's not saying that. It's saying that we're finally able to celebrate each other for our differences. And we can all share that without taking offense to somebody else. But I want you to speak about inclusion and diversity just real quick um, as you give last words to the listeners and viewers. So inclusion and diversity to me and the importance about that is understanding your opponents. It's almost like you're playing chess. You have to know who your um, opponents are. You have to know what they stand for and you have to know how to accurately follow suit and um, pass plays to win. So with inclusion and diversity, um, that looks, that is not going to look like cookie cutter. It's, you need to have certain people that are mixed races. You need to have certain people that are Hispanic, Asians, um, Latinos, Caucasians, Middle Eastern, Africans, whatever, to in, in order to say that you are inclusive and, uh, and diverse because those different people come with a various skill set. They come from various regions where they, they have been taught certain things that they could partner with us. Inclusion and diversity is not just buzzwords. It's not just something that you say, okay, I'm inclusive and diverse because you have five African-Americans, you have five Asians, you have five five um, Hispanics, just to check the box to show your shareholders that you are inclusive and diverse. But are you training those individuals? Are you giving them the tools necessary to climb the corporate ladder or to move up in the organization? Are you educating them on the tools that they need to be successful? That is a part of inclusion and diversity, not just to check the box and say, hey, we're inclusive and diverse, but you leave that person stuck in that role for five years, 10 years, 20 years, because you're really not helping them out. You're, if anything, you're stunting your growth and you're only making yourself look better as to the appearance of what your shareholders see or to help your brand. If you really wanna talk about inclusion and diversity, a lot of companies made this statement after the whole George Floyd incident saying, yeah, we're inclusive and we're diverse and we're going to support the Black Lives Matters. Chunking cash at an organization is not helping the is not helping the problem. Sure, it may be a temporary solution, but are you going in that community to see what those African-American people need? Are you 
um, going to build a grocery store in that community because there's a lot of African American communities that don't even have a grocery store that someone can go to to get the proper nutrients that they need to fuel their body. Are you giving money to help the bus lines expand their reach? A lot of people um, who live in urban communities don't have private transportation, they just have buses. But if those buses only go to certain places, you are still limiting that individual. You're not giving them the opportunities that someone who does not look like them is afforded because you don't want that bus coming into your neighborhood of Cyprus, the Woodlands, or wherever you are because you think that it's going to bring riffraff in. You need to stop calling those people riffraff because not everyone that looks like Anika and me are drug dealers. We're not murderers. We're not thieves. We're not criminals. You need to stop using those microaggressions. Um, inclusion and diversity, it is being able to talk about it, being able to be transparent about it, not just walking on eggshells, but if you're not aware of what's going on, find someone that doesn't look like you and ask them, hey, can you educate me on this subject? Is there something that I'm missing? Do I have a misconception? Or ask them, have I used a microaggression um, with you that I didn't really know was a, was a form of microaggression? Because microaggression is also a form of discrimination. And I'm so tired of people saying, hey, I'm not racist, I have black friends. Just because you have black friends does not mean that you understand the struggles that blacks endure in this company, in this country. Blacks have actually built this country and the white man has taken credit for a lot of the things that black men have black men and women have done. So if you want to really talk about inclusion and diversity, come up with your own ideas and stop ripping off the ideas of minorities and putting your white label or your non-minority label on it and saying that you did it. Because if you did it, can you really articulate on how you came up with it, what it's good for, where you see it five to 10 years from now? If you can't do that, then shut up. <laughs> Not trying to be rude, but... Um, Another thing, inclusion and diversity, if you want to have the discussion, don't just have a white man or a white woman stand up there at the corporate meeting and talk about inclusion and diversity. Bring in an expert, an expert that has worked in the field, that has done the grunt work, and that can see say things and see things from a holistic approach. We don't need you watering down the situation and saying that you're down or you're with it because you're really not. Another part of inclusion and diversity is these companies love to have these ERGs, which are employee resource groups. But if you are segregating the um, employee resource groups by having some for the Blacks, having some for the Asians, having some for the Hispanics, all you are doing are is creating more segregation if you really want to have an employee resource group for the minorities, put them all together and hear what the common issues are and work on co uh, correcting those common issues. Then you could really talk about inclusion and diversity. We don't need no more segregation or separation. We need equality and equity. We need you to be at the table. We need you to be unapologetic and we need you to hear us. And when we say hear us, actually listen to us and put a plan in action on what you are going to do. Challenge yourself to either read an African-American book 
watch a movie, educate yourself to really talk, to really talk about inclusion and diversity and to be inclusive and diverse. And if you don't have friends that don't look like you, you can't really say that you are inclusive and diverse if you're hanging around with cookie cutter people that look like you. If you can't have the same conversation that you can have with your black friend that you can go home and have with your family, then you're really not doing a good justice about being inclusive and diverse. Well, y'all, <laughs> that is Genesis Amaris Kemp, and she just told it like it is. Um, Sorry, I have so much more. I'm just so passionate about it. <laughs> you can't tell. I don't apologize. It's 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 real, and you know, I'm so glad that the conversation has started, and you broke down so many things for so many people. And I've even seen how they're talking about pulling out, you know. Um, pulling out diversity um, training and all that. And we all know that it's definitely needed. But you guys, this is the Chocolate Drop in Corporate America, best-selling author, content writer, and activist. I want to thank you for being here. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And letting me be on your platform, vibing with me. And for anyone that wants to reach me, you can find me on Facebook at Genesis, that's G-E-N-E-S-I-S, -E -S Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P. I have a book page on there, and it's the name of my book, Chocolate Drop in Corporate America. And then if you want to um, contact me via email, you can reach me at Genesis Amaris Kemp at gmail.com and yes i respond to all my emails i don't have an assistant and i am definitely here for the interactions if you have any more questions or you want to learn what's next for me hit me up i'm human you're human i'm no better than you you're no better than me let's vibe this thing out together all right guys and i'll make sure to put all of her links in the descriptions below um, and again, thank you guys. And as always, you know what I'm going to say, stay powerful.